The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to your Monday afternoon edition of Fantasy Football. Today, it was the first week of the fantasy playoffs for many of you. And Chris, looks like the NFL uh, delivered <laughs> delivered a pretty lousy week at the wrong time in terms of scoring. Yeah, yeah. According to the uh, NFL Network's research team on Twitter last night, I saw this. There were only 40 touchdowns scored on Sunday. That was the fewest for a game with or for a Sunday with at least ten games on the schedule since 1994. So, um, if your team stunk, you weren't alone. Yeah, I am. I have one league where I went 14 0 in the regular season, but we don't have a bye, so I am playing for my life. And I had Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, and T Higgins. Nah. So that went well. Um, Did you lose? I am still projected to win. Oh, good. Uh, because I am projected for 84 points and my opponent <laughs> is projected for 75 <laughs> in a f- half PPR league. The yeah. other game with the number two and seven seeds in that league, I believe neither team is projected to score more than 80. Wow. Yeah, it was that kind of week. And maybe you get a, a reprieve. Maybe if you start it, I don't know if you can overcome Brady. That That is like next level bad. But yeah. if you did have Tom Brady, can you trust him going forward? That's where we're going to start. Coming up on today's show, we, we will recap New Orleans 9 and Tampa Bay 0. We'll give you the news and notes and tell you about all the Bucks injuries, plus major news for the Chargers. You might be looking at Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly this week at Houston. We'll tell you all about that. Hopefully not. We'll see what the new protocols bring, but Austin Eckler is on the reserve COVID list. Can I add one more note about this week's game so far? Yes, hold on one second. Uh, okay. our, our big topics today, it's just going to be five big backfields, basically. The Cardinals backfield, the Dolphins, the Falcons. People are pretty down on Cordero Patterson right now. The Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers. That's what we're going to talk about, those backfields. What would you like to add about Sunday? So... This is something that I've been looking up over the past like two months or so now, and I find it very interesting. I seem to be alone in that, but that's fine. So if you just take passing production for quarterbacks this season, the average is 16.9 points per game per quarterback. So per, you know, every team's quarterback production. That's Uh, fantasy points. Fantasy points. And that's six point per passing touchdown. Yes. Week one was 20.7 points. Uh, through the first eight weeks of the season, there was only one game below 17 and only two games below 19. In the last seven weeks, there has only been one game above 17. And this week so far, quarterbacks are averaging 13.98 fantasy points per game just from their passing production. That is the lowest per game for a week by more than half a point so far this season. And 
I believe that is the lowest in at least the ten last 10 seasons. I would have to look up that data. But I looked it up earlier this season. I don't remember a week being worse than that so far. You're not the only one interested. I, I think it's really fascinating stuff. You've done great research on that. The A dot has has gone down, and uh, yeah. you know the, these offenses are not really creating the big plays. That's just been a theme for the teams that are struggling. Are they getting big plays? They were early. They're not now. I mentioned the Cowboys have fallen into that category, um, it, specifically in the passing game, but also for the Cowboys. Whenever Zeke touches the ball, you're not getting a big play. Uh, so yeah, it's it's really it's fascinating stuff. And right now, if you have Aaron Rodgers, you're feeling pretty good. You have a guy who's just kicking everyone's butt. Mahomes, uh, Herbert, they look. They look invincible at the moment. Well, I, that's so silly to say about Mahomes. It's it's just uh, two big games in a row for him, but it was a real struggle against the Chargers. But we'll <laughs> see what happens going forward. All right, let's talk about uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. First shutout after 255 consecutive starts in which Tom Brady did not get shut out. He puts up a zero. His team puts up a zero on Sunday night. Drew Brees is the only player who had a longer streak. He went 304 games without being shut out. So I mean, you know, Tom Brady, the way he's going, he could start that streak right up again and still get to 304. <laughs> All right, so what what do you think about it? So, look, Fournette's going to miss a game or two, according to Ian Rappaport, with a hamstring. Godwin's out for the season with a sprained MCL, out for the regular season, likely yeah. to come back in the playoffs. And don't see an update on Evans, but he left with a hamstring injury. So, Antonio Brown... If you want to put him on your team and he's available, he's got to be the number to me the number one player to add. He's seventy eight percent. If he's available on waivers in your league, he's absolutely the number one add. There's no question about that. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what his form looks like after three games off. But my expectation at this point is Mike Evans is not going to play this week. He was actually ruled out earlier than uh, Chris Godwin in that game. So take from that what you will. But I, I think. Um, yeah, I think Antonio Brown's going to be, I mean, a top 15 wide receiver rest of the season. He was probably that on a per-game basis before the... He was. Oh, yeah. Before the injury and then before going on the COVID, or before his suspension, excuse me. So, yeah, I think they kind of have to use him now. And I think Ronald Jones is probably a top 15 running back for next week. And yeah, w- based on this game, like the Saints have had Tom Brady's number. Over the last two seasons, it's just been a bad matchup. I think he has five interceptions entering yesterday. He had two more turnovers and interception and lost fumble. Um, he was still averaging 21.6 p- uh, fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues against the Saints in the two seasons with the Buccaneers, including the playoff game last year. But obviously, that's really that's solid for most quarterbacks. That's bad for Tom Brady. So... Yeah, I, it's just a bad matchup, and the fact that he lost his what three of his top four targets. It, well, it really it's his top three for the season. They were the top three in catches, but you know when yeah. you consider Gronk, he's probably ahead Gronk of Fournette. Time, yeah. But Fournette, I mean Fournette is a huge part of their passing game, and he just seems yeah. to be a lot better than Ronald Jones at catching the ball, and maybe Keyshawn Vaughn too. Not sure. Um, he had a bad drop yesterday. He did, yeah. So I I don't think Brady would would be a lock to be a top 12 quarterback if Antonio Brown were not playing. But I expect yeah. him to play. So I think between Brown and Gronk, you probably, you probably given all the numbers that Chris just gave about quarterback play, it's probably going to be uh, hard to get him out of the top 12. But and, and we'll reevaluate, that's, obviously. That's the thing that you have to keep in mind anytime we're talking about quarterbacks right now is just the context of the league right now is, like, yes, you're frustrated with Dak Prescott, but 
Like, who are you going to sit him for? Maybe if Lamar Jackson is out this week, maybe you sit him for Tyler Huntley. Maybe, but probably not. Well, would you sit him for Taysom Hill, who had an equally disappointing game with seven fantasy points? He's got Miami on Monday night. Would you sit him for Tua Tungavailoa, who's obviously at the Saints? No. No. I, I think no, I, I, I think I, I would really consider it if 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 Antonio Brown doesn't play. And I don't know sure. for a fact that he's going to play. But we're I mean, assuming. Bruce Arians said they're welcoming, welcoming him back. Yeah. So, you know, I, maybe he's not. Welcome to... back. <laughs> That's a throwback. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe he's just not up to playing shape right now, but I kind of think, I kind of doubt that, you know, they, they weren't afraid to throw him in last year when he hadn't played in a year and a half. So I would suspect that they're just going to throw him back out there and he's going to be, you know, he wasn't playing a full snap share before the injury one. I wonder if that changes, but he was basically running every route. So I would expect we'll see something like that. He'll come off for you know, some running plays, but I think he's going to be the number one wide receiver for them. And I, I would guess at least top 20, potentially top 15. What do you think about Kamara? Kamara had 11 carries for 18 yards, two catches for 13 yards. And Ingram, Ingram has a fairly significant role. There's no question. Mm-hmm. Not as significant as Kamara's, but uh, is Kamara, I guess I'll ask an obvious question. I'm sure the answer is yes. Is he still a must start running back even with Ingram? Yeah, I mean, look, this is a tough matchup. Tampa's really good against the run. Um, the, the problem is Taysom Hill doesn't really throw to the running backs all that often. I mean, in this one, Kamara did get six targets, so that's a good sign. But, you know, Tampa's the kind of team that tends to funnel targets towards running backs. R- running backs get a lot. I think they they give up the most receptions and receiving yards to running backs this season. So, you know, the... Not, not yards. I don't know about yards, receptions, but, receptions, but I'm pretty sure the Seahawks have that have that title. Okay. Um, but look, the problem is this offense is really bad. It's way worse with Taysom Hill than I expected. It's way worse with Taysom Hill than it was with Jameis Winston. And I don't know how you expect it to get better when Taysom Hill is so awful throwing the ball. He's just really, really bad at it. Well, I think if you're Camara manager, you're just hoping that their game script is to just run the ball, give him 20 plus carries, which yeah. is absolutely on the table. Even though Miami's got a great a run script defense. yesterday. Yeah, I just can't really do that against Tampa Bay. You know, he but, had 11 carries for 18 yards. Right, but Mark Ingram had nine. Like, yeah, they 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 combined for 28 yards on 20 carries. That's awful. That's dreadful. But yeah, yeah. like Ingram's playing 40 percent of the snaps pretty regularly when Kamara when he's active next to Kamara, and that has really cut into Kamara's workload. And this season, he hasn't been that hyper-efficient guy he's been for most of his career because the touchdowns haven't been there as much as they have in the past. The receptions are down. The passing volume all around is down. And so with Kamara, you used to be able to say, well, heck, if you got 11 carries and, and six targets in a game, I'm expecting top 10 production from him. You can't say that anymore in this no, offense. But there's no way he's leaving my lineup. I think that's the bottom line. Right, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then any interest in Callaway, 36% rostered, uh, best game of the season, Season highs in targets, catches, yards, six for 112 on nine targets. No, I don't think so. Again, this passing game is low volume and bad. He would, I mean, that's a 33% target share. And that's what it took to have a decent game for what, the second time all year. So no, I, I don't think there's any reason to be interested in Marquez Calloway. And you should definitely be interested in Ronald Jones. Four games without Leonard Fournette last year. There was one game in which Fournette played one snap. So I'm including that. 
Uh, Ronald Jones scored in full PPR. He scored 15.4 or more points in all four games. In non-PPR, mm-hmm. it was 12.5 or more points in all four games. He got so many touches. He got 17 or more carries in every game and 6-3, and one catch catches in those four games. So, look, it, it, he may not have a huge passing downs role, but... He's an absolute must roster. All right, who do you think is worth is worth your first claim? Ronald Jones or Duke Johnson? Jones at Carolina and Johnson at New Orleans. Uh, Jones for sure because I'm not I'm not sure Duke Johnson's going to be the lead back for the Dolphins. I mean, they did add him to the active roster after having him on the practice squad, so that's a good sign. But you know, Miles Gaskin is still there. I, this was the concern for me with Gaskin all along, and it was the same thing with Mike Davis, where it's like what if one dude has one good game on his team besides him at some point and he's not impressive and miles Gaskin has been pretty unimpressive this season. So it's something to worry about, I suppose, but it wouldn't shock me at all. If miles Gaskin was back to being the lead back next week. Okay. Well, that's one of the backfields we'll be breaking down when we get to our five big topics. Jacob Gibbs will join us soon. And the CBS Sports Fantasy Football Today newsletter. That's definitely not what it's called. It's just called Fantasy Football Today. That newsletter is awesome. Chris writes it up, spends a lot of time on it, gives you all the updates you need. Chris really has all the injury updates that I don't even see. He's got the quotes from the, from the coaches. It's like, what? when did that happen? So check out the newsletter. Go to cbssports.com slash newsletter or newsletters. And we have a bunch of them, but Fantasy Football Today will be the one that interests you the most. Get it right to your inbox for free every day. News and notes, Joe Mixon. Still don't have an update on him. I'm guessing it's not a huge deal. But he came back in the game, but Samaji P. Ryan Did he come back in the game? On the final snap of the game, yeah. Oh, okay. But it was yeah, a kneel down, so. Yeah, he was. He looked pretty agitated on the sideline. It looked like he was kind of annoyed that they weren't letting him back in. Um, but, you know, we've we see it seemingly every week where a guy suffers an ankle injury, comes back into the game, but then the next day they're like, well, we don't know if he's going to play because, you know, the swelling doesn't start until, you know, after that. They'll they'll tape it up and, you know, you'll be able to play, but that doesn't mean he'll be able to play this week. So I think, I think Samaj P. Ryan is probably ahead of Duke Johnson for me in the waiver. I, I would say Jeff Wilson, Samaj P. Ryan, um, he yeah, actually did this yesterday. Wilson's interesting. He's got a Thursday game. That's less time for Mitchell to come mm-hmm. back. And it sounds like the knee is the more pressing concern for Wilson. He hasn't cleared the concussion protocol for Mitchell. Yet, for Mitchell, yeah. For Mitchell, yeah. So, yeah, I would, um, yeah, I would go Wilson, Samaj Pirine, Duke Johnson, Tyler Huntley, Gabriel Davis on this week's waiver wire. If Antonio Brown is available, he. I don't know if he supersedes all of them. He might just because wide receivers kind of so. kind of bad right now. Yeah, I, it's hard to pass up Ronald Jones on, I guess. Yeah, and it's hard to pass up P Ryan if you knew Mixon were out. But you are talking about potentially. You said top fifteen. I, I don't think you disagree with this. Potentially top five wide receiver. Sure. Yeah. In Antonio Brown, um, but this could be a, a freaking great waiver wire week. Uh, by the yeah. way, if the Browns win today, there will be. Five AFC teams that are eight and six. That would be, and three of them would be in the same division: Cincinnati, Indianapolis, the Chargers, the Bills, the Ravens, and the Browns. Did I say five? It'd be six. Six teams would be eight and six, and three of them would be in the AFC North. So Bengals, Ravens next week, massive game. Right now, the Bengals are the four seed. The Ravens are out of the playoffs at eight and six. They're the eight seed right now, and they face off in Cincinnati this weekend. 
Get to the rest of the news here. Mike Evans, hamstring. Godwin out for the rest of the regular season. Julio Jones left with a hamstring injury. Fournette is going to miss a game or two, according to Ian Rappaport. Philip Lindsay and Jalen Waddell going to be off the reserve COVID list. That's great news for the Dolphins. Malcolm Brown's also going to practice this week, so that's all going to factor into our discussion. Three players are going on the COVID list for the Chargers. Austin Eckler, Joey Bosa, and Corey Lindsley. I think Joey Bosa is out. Oh, is he? Okay. I think that's oh, what he, I saw. He's yeah. not vaccinated? I think that's what yeah. I saw. And they're at Houston. This is not the best, but it's right up there. Probably Jets, Texans, maybe Lions. Those are the three that come to mind. Best running back matchup. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jackson, do you prefer Jackson to Kelly? I think you have to, based on what we've seen, not just, you know, Thursday night, which was really impressive from Jackson, but just throughout their careers, Joshua Kelly really hasn't shown anything. I know he was a a third-round pick, but most third-round pick running backs, this is something that we kind of forget when we get excited about rookie running backs, is if you actually look at history, most third-round running backs, like I think it's something like 55% don't even get 100 carries in in a season in their careers. I think that was over the last 10 seasons. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Justin Jackson's just looked a lot better in their time in the NFL. We've seen him. There was one game, I think, three years ago towards the end of the season where he had a really big game in, in Melvin Gordon's absence. So, yeah, I think uh, I think Justin Jackson's absolutely the guy to add. The problem is Kelly had a carry at the Chiefs four last week. He had a carry yeah. at the Chiefs one yard line last week. He so that's, Yeah, but that's the only issue is, I, you know, they don't have defined roles, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Um, what else here? Nick Mullins is starting today for Cleveland. Cleveland is getting back safety John Johnson and offensive guard Wyatt Teller. That's big for big mm-hmm. for them. Also, big news: Washington tomorrow will not have Brandon Scherf, their best offensive lineman, uh, but they will have their top three defensive tackles back. Will Fuller is not expected to return this season. Pat Fryermuth concussion. Rondale Moore left with an injury. Nelson Fryermuth. That's that's a concern. That's his second concussion of the season. So. Generally speaking, I think when you see a second concussion, especially I think it was only two or three weeks ago, um, the return to play time tends to be a little longer. Uh, Sterling Shepard, Achilles, Teddy Bridgewater, concussion. and uh, Also his second of the season. A big one for IDP is San Francisco linebacker Aziz Alshair. He's going to be a game-time decision on Thursday. He has been a star in IDP. If he plays, that'd be huge. And Detroit as if their running defense couldn't uh, be much worse. To be honest with you, it's not that bad. They give up a lot of fantasy points, though, but they did lose Alex Anzalone. I don't know the extent of his injury. He's a starting linebacker for them, usually plays 100% of the snaps, and he left early in uh, yesterday's game. All right, I'm done with my spiel here. We're going we're gonna to take a quick break, and when we come back, we've got our five big topics, our five big backfields with Jacob Gibbs. Stick around. More to come right now on Fantasy Football Today. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. 
Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, there's Jacob. Hey, Jacob, what's up? Hey, guys. Pretty crazy week we just had. <laughs> not crazy <laughs> enough, actually. I mean, kind of boring, like crazy in a boring yeah. sense, right? You know, as as yeah, Chris said, hard so to believe, I guess. <laughs> hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. And unexpected for sure. I do feel bad for the Tom Brady managers. It just, yeah. Number one quarterback scores four fantasy points in your fantasy playoffs. It's just, I mean, stinks. I'm in this IDP dynasty league and I traded a first round pick for Tom Brady this season. I traded a first round pair. Yeah. Second round pick and another player, maybe a first round pick for Derrick Henry. Mm. Um, and I had Austin Eckler. Mm. You're the so, you're the Rams. Yeah, things are <laughs> not looking great right now. I'm currently projected to win this week still, but wow. if I don't have Eckler next week, I'll probably be. Oh, I do have Justin Jackson. It's fine. Oh, oh perfect. It's not fine. Same He's thing. Not nearly as good as Austin Eckler. <laughs> All right, let's start our five big backfields with Arizona. Chase Edmonds six carries for 53 yards. James Conner eight carries for 39 yards. The team as as a whole against the Lions, they ran very well. They just only ran 15 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Jacob, what what are your thoughts on the Cardinals' backfield next week against the Colts, who give up the third fewest fantasy points to running backs? Pretty solid run defense. Not not amazing, but um, even this despite giving up the third fewest points, they're they're beatable, but they're solid. Uh, what's your thoughts on the on the Cardinals' backfield? I'm not super interested in either of them in this particular matchup they're both kind of low in rb2s um, maybe flex plays i was encouraged to see chase edmonds get back to pretty much his full role in terms of playing the passing downs um he was a little bit involved in the red zone they did give the majority of the snaps to connor there especially around the from inside the 10 yard line um but yeah it was basically in terms of the usage it was what we had seen from this backfield and you know in the past before edmonds got hurt um, I wish we had a bit of a larger sample size. Like I wish they would have been leading the game like we expected to. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know for sure if I trust what we saw, you know, this week, but um I think if you are an Edmonds owner, you are a little bit encouraged by what we saw because he did play quite a bit on, on mm-hmm. passing downs. One thing I'll add is they played 30 snaps in the fourth quarter, which is a shocking number. Yeah. Uh prior to the third quarter, Connor had a 26 to 15 edge in snaps. Uh, it ended up being 31, 28, and 29 in favor of Connor. But half, almost half of Edmund's snaps came in the fourth quarter when they were trailing by multiple scores. Mm-hmm. Colt McCoy came in for probably half of those snaps at least. So, yeah, it was a. Um, this is the kind of situation where you probably can't learn anything really because this was so out of whack with what we expect the, expected from this game, but also just expect from the Cardinals. Like, we don't expect this team to throw 50 times and run 20 <clears throat> times or whatever it ended up being. So it's um, definitely not good news for Connor. And I agree, both are probably low end RB2s or RB3s. Um, 
And it's worth remembering that before Edmonds' injury, James Conner was averaging 49.1 yards per game. He was still a top 20 fantasy running back, but I don't know. Can you count on a touchdown every single week? But let me... Okay, so then this is what I want to get to, and I'm going to forget, so let me just interject with this. I just mentioned Alex Anzalone, starting linebacker for the Lions. He's Mm going to be out for the rest of the season. Uh, So just want to throw that in there. Now, for these Cardinals running backs... James Conner in the first eight games of the season with Edmonds before Edmonds got hurt, mm-hmm. he had five catches. He had two catches for 31 yards yesterday, and they ran the same amount of routes. Was that typical, or was Edmonds in the first eight games of the season? I'm guessing he ran a lot more routes. Or did we see this week that Conner has made inroads and is now a part of the passing game that he just simply was not before Edmonds' injury? He kind of did come off the field a lot on third downs. I was surprised to see his routes as high as his route involvement as high as it was, but he only played 20% of the third downs overall and 8% of the third down passing plays. Um, we didn't have any too many offensive snaps, um, but I don't know. I, I think what we saw was generally pretty similar to what we saw earlier in the year. And I think mostly it's just kind of a small sample size in terms of their routes actually being so similar. I would expect giving, given the amount of snaps that they were playing on passing downs, I would expect Edmonds to, clearly have more routes rather than him going forward. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up and see what that share was before the injury, the first eight weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Um but I my guess is that it was heavily, heavily weighted towards Edmonds having a much bigger role. Um, there was oh I'm sorry. There was a sequence where Connor caught the screen pass set up first and goal at the six yard line. He was in on first down. He was in on second down. Edmonds was in on third down and fourth down. So I think that's what it is. It's it's Connor's got first and second down. Edmonds has third down. And, you know, there'll be some mixing and matching in there. But yeah. still expect there's going to be a rushing touchdown. I still expect it's likely to be Connor or Kyler. Yes. Yeah. And Edmonds, so in the first eight games, Edmonds had run 180 routes. Connor had run 75. So Edmonds' route participation was right around eh, probably close to 70%. Connors is around 25%. Um, so that's not unexpected. And the other thing to keep in mind is, yeah, Connor had two targets, but this was a game where they threw the ball 50 times. That is sure. not the Cardinals' identity. And mm-hmm. so when they throw 32 times next week, like they likely will, uh, is that going to be there for James Connor? I, I would guess not. I would probably set the over-under at catches at one and a half every game from here on out for Connor. As of this point, I, I probably pick against them next week. I don't see how they're going to stop Jonathan Taylor, so could be a game where they're throwing more than usual, but it won't be this much. Man. All right, Dolphins running backs. Let's go to this this one here. The some notes from the Miami Herald: The Dolphins averaged more than five yards per carry for the first time all season. Duke Johnson, according to NFL Next Gen stats, ran for twenty two more yards than expected, and on the season, Miles Gaskin has run for fewer yards than expected. Uh, Johnson had 58% of the snaps. Gaskin had 37%. And the thing is, you said, oh, well, they played the Jets. They ran the ball. They're actually trailing for much of the game. Yeah. And they did end up winning, but, you know, they, they don't tip it. They're a very low run. run they're a, not a run-heavy team. They, they don't have yeah. a lot of carries, but they did in both games against the Jets. So Duke is 16% rostered, 22 carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns, one catch, and... Um, yeah, unfortunately, he has a terrible matchup. And Gaskin had 10 carries for 54 yards. He had one of his better games. He had a 30-yard run, his longest of the season. So mm-hmm. it is uh, going from one end of the spectrum, the Jets to the Saints, to another end. 
And Jacob, I'll give you the first word. Who's the best Dolphins running back going forward? How much do you trust him in week 16? I have no answer for that, I guess, Gaskin. But, I mean, this is kind of what we talked about with Gaskin just a week or two ago. The schedule is favorable, but we have no idea what's going to happen. You guys mentioned that Lindsey is coming back. Malcolm Brown is practicing. Um, I don't know. I I think Gaskin is the answer, and I I wouldn't be surprised if he is back in a pseudo lead role next week. I, it wouldn't shock me. No, he's been I, so I think he, bad. Why would? Yeah. Why wouldn't they go to Duke Johnson? <sighs> I don't know, man. I'm I'm a Duke Johnson truther, so it won't take much to convince me to be like, yes, Duke's back. But like, no NFL team ever seems to trust him. I don't know why. He always plays well. I, I don't it, know why. It would be incredible if Duke Johnson and Cordero Patterson ended up winning people fantasy championships yeah. in the same year. That would just be amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I probably agree that Gaskin's likely to be the, the lead back, but I, I think the the real takeaway here is this situation's probably just way too messy to really yeah. want to trust, especially against the Saints, where the upside probably isn't that high anyway. But you know, Malcolm Brown is expected to have a larger role in practice this week. Philip Lindsay's back. Um I would expect we'll see more of Gaskin and Savon Ahmed. And so that that's five bodies in the in the running back room right now that the Dolphins have to account for and that just tells me that i don't want any of them it is interesting that gaskin actually ran or was in on more pass plays than duke johnson yesterday i mm-hmm. don't really understand why you have duke johnson you only have him for 13 pass plays and yeah you know, because you got him out there for all the running <laughs> give him you gotta give him a breather <laughs> i guess but no it was career highs across the board and rushing i believe carries yards and touchdowns were all career highs for Duke Johnson. I've always thought he was super talented. Um, but yeah, my expectation is that this is probably a situation to just stay away from. I would okay. love it if Duke Johnson was the lead back, but I, I'm not expecting it. I am expecting it, but I still am not coming anywhere near starting him. Uh, and I, I'm expecting him to be the lead back, but I do think it'll be messy. But I just don't see, I don't see any justification for going back to Miles Gaskin personally, but uh, and because remember, it, when Malcolm Brown was healthy, Gaskin had a very small role. He was mm-hmm. not, he was the inferior pass blocker and he wasn't the goal mm-hmm. line guy. So, you, you know, it could be so bad. But yeah, let's, okay, we're going to avoid this. This is going to be, first of all, I just got a notification. See who this is from. Uh, Tom Pellicero. Multiple fully vaccinated, asymptomatic NFL players tested positive for COVID 19 today on the first day of the new targeted testing, per sources. So routine weekly testing is over, but the Omicron wave is not. And even without symptoms, some new cases are still being caught. So that's going to be wacky to begin with. And then mm-hmm. you're going to start, you're going to be looking at Justin Jackson and Ronald Jones. And who else did we talk about uh, at the top of the show? Um, other guys, you're going to be starting them over guys like Ezekiel Elliott. You know, um, it, it's going to be a wacky week for running backs. Uh, should we go P. right Ryan. In, Should we go right into to, yes, P. Ryan? That's who it was. Samaja, uh, Jeff Wilson. Yeah. All right. Atlanta running backs. We'll do Dallas in a minute. Atlanta running backs. Can we just say we have no interest in Mike Davis, and this is just about Patterson at this point? Yeah, but I think Mike Davis matters. Unfortunately, he gets five carries. Sometimes, right, right. Gets, I don't sometimes think he gets four for fantasy, catches. But yeah. He matters in terms of the role that he plays on the team. All right, but are you guys as down on Cordero Patterson as my Twitter feed seems to be? Uh, he gets 11 carries for 18 yards, two catches for five yards at the 49ers, who, by the way, in their last six games, 
you're they're giving up 3.1 yards per carry to running backs. That does remove a 73-yard touchdown run on a fake punt by Travis Homer. I think we can agree that's not <laughs> indicative of their yeah. run defense. Um, this was a tough matchup. He got stuffed at the goal line twice. So, Jacob, are you worried about Cordaro Patterson? His next game is against Detroit, and they give up the second most fantasy points to running backs. Yeah, I obviously you have to love him in this matchup, but I have been worried about Patterson for a couple of weeks. I've been shocked to see people continue to rank him like as a top 10, top 12 running back. I think he's more of a low-end RB2 with the usage that he's been seeing. Um, Patterson? Yeah, I know that sounds wild, but like especially in games where they're a threat to get behind and lose, you don't even know if he's going to play in the second half. Um, he's been coming off the field a lot on passing downs. Um, but at least this week we did see him play 10 out of 10 snaps um, in the two-minute offense, which he had been losing those uh, to Mike Davis, even Allison in the past couple of weeks. I really have no idea why. Um, there was, a, so there was, was the game two weeks ago where he sat for the fourth quarter. They said right. it wasn't injury-related. Uh, I didn't know what that was all about, but I don't know if that's influencing that at all, but that happened. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I've just been discouraged by his routes. They've really kind of been using him as like an early down only running back, which doesn't make sense to me, um, especially given their lack of playmakers um, and and pass catchers. But we did see his route involvement up a little bit this week. Um, And so I think, especially in this week, this matchup against Detroit, game script isn't quite as much of a concern. Um, I think you should feel safe starting him, especially given the landscape of running back right now. Um, but overall, I I just don't trust the usage right now. And Mike Davis really is kind of a thorn in his side, which is incredibly frustrating for everyone. Yeah, Chris, I, I'm good with him because I look at... He's basically a running back now. Right? And I think that's kind yeah. of what Jacobs was saying. He's not going to have six catches for 70 yards anymore. But um, 13 to 16 carries in three straight games before yesterday. And those games were against the Jaguars, the Bucks, and the Panthers. And those are pretty good run defenses. He averaged 6.75 yards per carry against the Jags, six yards per carry against the Bucks. Nobody does that. He's their goal line guy. That's the big, you know, talk about the role diminishing. And yes, it sucks that he's not in the passing game as much, but at least he is almost always the goal line guy. So maybe we can just take it week by week, but I'm with Jacob. I mean, he's you start him this week against the Lions and we can reassess. Of course. You good with that? He's probably a top 12 guy for me this week. I haven't started my mm-hmm. rankings yet and I probably won't until tomorrow, but. Um, yeah, he, he's going to be probably a top 12 guy. The, the thing is, he's not he's not lining up wide as much anymore. Uh, no. through went From weeks five, six through 10, which was really when he was being used more as a hybrid player, he was averaging right around 16 snaps per game, either in the slot, out wide, or um, what, what would the other one? I guess he'll occasionally line up as like a, tight end or fullback um, and uh, that has dropped to about 10 per game over the last five weeks and it was 10 this week so that is a concern because if he's just being used as a running back that also limits his upside as a pass catcher not just because he'll get fewer targets but because those targets will be less valuable you know running backs tend to average eight to nine yards per target or, or per reception if you're lucky um Whereas, you know, Patterson early on in the season was was averaging like 11 to 12. And so I think it just does make him as a whole a less interesting player. And it's really, man, he had that six catches for 127 yards game against New Orleans. And since then, 
He doesn't have more than 27 receiving yards in a game. He has two games with more than three targets. And he's averaging 6.5 yards per reception. So, yeah, things have really gone south for him. Yeah. All right, so we'll start We'll start Patterson this week, and then we'll reassess for Week 17 at Buffalo. Let's go to the Cowboys. Chris, I'll give you the first word here. Oh, Godwin has a torn ACL. Yeah, Godwin now for the Dang. year. Not coming back. That sucks. That he should be back for training camp, but even that will probably be pushing it a little bit. All right, so Ezekiel Elliott gives you 16 carries, 52 yards, and a touchdown, plus three catches for 20 yards. He ended up, as of right now, with four games left to play. He's RB8 in non-PPR, RB7 in PPR for Week 15. And he had a 13-yard carry. That is his longest in eight games. Woo! <laughs> Meanwhile, Jeez. look, I, I'm going to give Zeke credit for one thing. He's tough, he's physical, and he's tough to tackle. And he's, you know, he, he's at least got that going for him. But Pollard is just, to me, a different dimension and if the Cowboys were smart and brutally honest here they would make power they're close they're to every not. down running they're not going to they're not going to. but they should. like whatever whatever like oh Tony Pollard's more explosive the Cowboys like it's not going to happen at this I know, point but they should. have to know that they're not going to and so that shouldn't factor into the discussion no it doesn't it's a separate discussion but all right they've got Washington coming up this week or next week Washington has one of the best run defenses in football and um, we just saw Zeke against Washington. He had 12 carries for 45 yards and one catch for 15 yards. Chris, do you think you're starting Zeke? And what about Pollard against the football team at home on Sunday? I'm absolutely starting Ezekiel Elliott. His role is too valuable. Like, that's just the bottom line, whatever, whether you think he's really, really bad or not, he is getting 13 to 15 plus carries per week. He's getting four to five targets almost every week. He's getting the goal line work. It's just, I don't know. Maybe you're in a situation where you're really, really good at running back and you don't have to start him, but situation matters a lot. And Ezekiel Elliott is still in a pretty good situation. It's not as good of a situation as we thought because this offense as a whole kind of looks pretty bad right now. Um, But yeah, it'd be really, really hard for me to go away from a guy who like is coming off a, a game with 20 opportunities and will likely be heavily favored next week. I don't know if he'll be heavily favored. I mean, they just barely... I think they'll win. Their defense has been so good. All right, they won by 15. Against who? Washington? The Giants. Oh, no. The, you and I both really liked Zeke this week. I, I mean, it's set up beautifully for him. But if he didn't score that touchdown, he would have sure. had another bad game. Um, yeah. I mean, he and still would have had what? He would have had without the ten points, without ten the, PPR points. Yeah, that's terrible. That's not good, but it's not terrible. That's not something I get excited about. I mean, that's something I. I'll tell you right now. I'd start. I'd start P Ryan over him if Mixon were out. I start Ronald Jones over him, and I'd probably I would start Justin Jackson over Zeke. If P Ryan against the Ravens is pretty interesting. I don't know about that one. Well, I think Justin what's Jackson Evans, probably. What's Chris Evans' situation? That I don't know. Because that would that would matter. All right, what are you? Where are you at on Zeke right now, Jacob? I get your point about like if he didn't have the touchdown, but I also think he's one of the most likely players to score a touchdown on any given week. Um, mm-hmm. He had all five of the red, running back red zone touches this week. Um, played ninety two percent of the red zone snaps, eighty eight percent of the snaps from inside the ten, and that's just been consistent all year. He's played ninety four percent of the snaps from inside the ten on the year. Um, he, it's just crazy. He just like they completely. <laughs> favor Zeke in those situations. Um, and so 
it makes him pretty easy to trust most weeks, um, even if it's, you know, unspectacular efficiency. Um, and it, and it makes Pollard really reliant on big plays because he's really just not getting very involved around the goal line at all. Um, Mm -hmm. which is frustrating, but um, yeah, I'm starting over. I think all the guys you mentioned, honestly, all the fill-in guys <laughs> against Washington. What's the difference between Ezekiel Elliott now and Miles Gaskin for the last for the time that for the time that uh, Malcolm Brown went out until this past week? I would guess Ezekiel upset, Elliott. Right? Ezekiel Elliott probably has more touchdowns in the last six weeks than Miles Gaskin does in the last. Ezekiel two Elliott has four touchdowns in his last nine games. So how, okay. Yeah. So how many does Gaskin have? I'm gonna guess pretty similar. So I'll I'll tell you right now. How's Gaskin has he has seven touchdowns on the season. Uh four of them are receiving. Yeah. That's fluky. So he has so rushing touchdowns, he has three in that, that same yeah, he has stretch. Six over the last two seasons combined. So that's the big difference. No, it's not. I'm talking about just specifically when Gaskin became basically a workhorse, it was he's not good, but he's got such a valuable role. Right. But if he doesn't score, you're not going to get a good game. And that's pretty much what Zeke is. And the the carries are not nearly as consistent. I mean, if you look at the last four games before yesterday, 9, 9, 13, 12 carries. And, and he's three and a half yards a carry. So, And that's consistent, by the way. Those yards per carry is terrible. So I don't know. I mean, he's Miles Gaskin to me. The, the good version of Miles Gaskin. <laughs> and you know why? It's because the Cowboys offense is really struggling right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, it's splitting hairs, but Zeke is averaging about 70 yards per game in that nine-game nine stretch where he's only scored four touchdowns. Gaskin was averaging about 60 in the, what, last eight games, or sorry, the eight seven games before he was coming off the COVID list. But Zeke also had nearly a full reception more per game. I just, like, yeah, I think it's it's a similar thing. I think they're similar in kind, but different in degrees. Like, Gaskin plays in a worse offense. He's a worse player. Uh, he's not as involved in the passing game. And, and so you add all those things up, and it's like, yeah, they're kind of similar. You can see it directionally, but Ezekiel Elliott still is a much better fantasy option. I do push back, though, on the catches. We have this conversation a lot because he had 12 catches in two games without Cooper and with Lamb only playing a half of one of those two games. And I think that contributed to it. The good news is a lot of pass attempts, win or lose for Dak. Every week, he's up to around 40 lately. All right, any what final word, Jacob? Are you good? No, I think the comparison you made there is honestly pretty fair and what I wouldn't have thought of, that he's honestly kind of like Miles Gaskin, just a slightly better offense, it's sad. He's hurt, and he's playing with a knee brace, and he's just he's lost his, his explosiveness. It's very clear. No. All right, uh, the Packers. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. They get Cleveland next week. Cleveland's been pretty bad against the run lately. We'll see how they do today. But Dillon gets seven carries a week after having 15. He has one catch in his last two games since Jones' return. And Jones, with a much bigger role, 13 carries this week. He had five two weeks ago. And he had only two catches this week. He had three the week before that, but a receiving touchdown in two straight games. Jacob, Dillon and Jones, Go. Yeah, here we are again talking yeah, about these right. guys. I, uh, we again saw the red zone usage favor Dylan, um, which has been you know consistent now for a couple weeks, um, and really kind of been you know we, we've kind of the splits have been messy, but it's kind of been something that seemed to develop over the course of the season where Dylan just continues to be more involved on short yardage, short yardage and uh, goal line situations. He played sixty percent of the red zone snaps, 
uh, 65% of snaps from inside the 10 this week. Um, but we saw the passing down usage go to Jones. He played all the uh, two-minute snaps and uh, roughly two-thirds of the third down snaps as well. Um, only two targets, but I think um, I think that's kind of fluky given the amount of routes that he ran. I would expect more going forward. And then, yeah, it was, it was pretty exciting to see him uh, take a more you know, dominant share of the uh, rushing as well. Um, so I think – I think given where the state of the running back position, I think it's fair to expect Jones to be like a top eight, top 10 guy going forward, which is more bullish than we were on him last time we talked. Do you yeah. get pushback on that, Chris? I feel like last um, time you were saying like outside of the top 12. I would have to look and see, but yeah, I mean, you feel better about him this week than, than last week for sure. And one thing I wish I had noticed in the game against the bears was that, um, Jones played 23 of 31 snaps in the first half and then Dylan dominated snaps and carries. So, you know, I don't know if that was just because, I mean, they came out of the, of of the half and I think Adam, you've pointed out he had five carries on the first drive and then Jones came in for the goal line work. Um, yeah, it was only one play. But, I think it was like a five or six yard touchdown. Yeah. By the way, it wasn't like they had this big lead that they were nursing. It was a very right, close right. game at halftime. Yeah. No, the, the Bears were leading at halftime. Oh, they were. Okay. In yeah, that, I forgot. It was 27-21, but yeah. then they, the the Packers jumped out really quick in the third quarter and, and took the lead. And I don't know. It's it's sort of hard to, to make sense of right now. But yeah, I think Jones should be ranked ahead of Dylan now. And I think probably top 12 ish. I don't know about top eight. I would have to look. Um, It'll be interesting to see with like Cordero Patterson this week versus Aaron Jones, given that Cordero (laughs) got that matchup against the lions. That's going to be really interesting one to see, but yeah, you're right. Long story short is you're probably starting Aaron Jones. This is what I think what Zeke would be if the Cowboys offense were really good, where you could you could feel fairly confident about a touchdown opportunity most weeks. Now, you know, obviously Jones is going to be much more efficient than this version of Zeke. I'm not saying that, but but I just think that the the how well Aaron Rodgers is playing right now, it's such a boost to both of these guys. And you have these Dak opportunities. Is averaging, Dak is averaging 6.1 yards per attempt over his past five games. And he's been, this offense has, they've still managed to put up points, but... One of those was an uh, an overtime game. Uh, they've had some defensive touchdowns sprinkled in there. Yeah, it's been it's, it's been, been sort of rough for them. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So uh, Patterson, you start Patterson over AJ Dillon next week. Yeah, yeah I would. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm curious. What do you think on Dillon versus uh, James Conner? We've talked about both these guys, and they play kind of similar roles. All right. So Dillon will get the Browns, who, as I mentioned, they've been very bad against the run lately. And Connor has the Colts. I, I think I'd go. <laughs> I think I'd go Dylan. I think so too. I think it's I'd go Connor. Crazy. Really? I'll tell you why. Because the defense is really good. Well, I guess there's the Kyler factor. What I was going to say is if they get down inside the, you know, if they get down to the two or three yard line, yeah. I would say 65% chance Dylan gets a carry, 35% Jones. Connor is more like 95% ahead of Edmonds, but when you factor Kyler in there, yeah, it's, it's probably, probably 60-40, like, you know, so the yeah. same kind of split. All right, maybe I go Dylan. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. And both the, the thing is, both of them have looked really, really good as pass catchers this season, too. But their teams seem to prefer the other guy. I mean, Heath has talked about it on this podcast a ton, but James Conner historically has been a very good pass catcher for a running back. And in the time that Chase Edmonds was out, James Conner was averaging like, I think he was averaging like 11 yards per target or something. It was crazy. He was really good as a, as a pass catcher in those games. Oh, yeah. Conner's been the more like efficient. 95% catch rate. Connor's been the more efficient receiver by far, and Edmonds has been the more efficient rusher by far. So just flip flip the script, Arizona. <laughs> yeah, 10.4 yards per target, 93% catch rate, 11.2 yards per reception was what Connor was doing in the games Edmonds missed. He was almost averaging more yards as a receiver than a rusher. Well, this has been a fun show and gives me a really good head start uh, to the Week 16 prep. So thank you guys for this exercise. Um, Jacob, Chris, thank you so much. want to thank everybody for watching and listening. Enjoy your two football games today and two more tomorrow. And make sure you change, for goodness sake, change your waiver date in your leagues. Because, first of all, you don't even know who's going to be. Like, you can't make it for Tuesday night because you don't even know who's advancing at that point. And secondly, you got to give yourself a little bit more time to see what goes on. So change the date. I thought you were going to say make sure you change your clothes (laughs) Monday and Tuesday night, which also you should. I mean, I know a lot of us are working from home, but still, remember, hygiene is important. Hygiene. All right. See you later, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.